0: Sometimes I feel these responsorial psalms are like uh, memory tests, you know, and when the priest can't pull it off, what hope is there for the people, right? Uh, well, today I, I think that we have some, some nice texts here in preparation for the season of Lent that is right around the corner. We we begin the, the glorious season of Lent this this Wednesday. And uh, it's uh, when uh, if we're able to make it to, to church at that time, um, we'll have the... The priest or the minister put the ashes on our forehead and he'll say one or two things. He probably will say, um, turn away from sin and uh, and believe in the gospel. So, you know, turn away from sin. And that's the theme here that we have in our first reading from Syrac. And actually, uh, it ties in in an indirect uh, but important manner with our gospel as well. Our gospel here is one of the strongest passages in the entire New Testament for um what's known in, in the Catholic theological tradition as a supernatural merit. So 500 years ago, the advent of Protestantism, there's this big controversy amongst Western Christians about the place of merit and the role of the Christian's life with the Protestants taking the stand that. Uh, there is no such thing. Christians are saved uh, by faith alone, and there's absolutely no merit involved in salvation and uh, the Catholic position, which really is the perennial position, is that uh, man in and of himself, of course, can't merit salvation, but he's given grace through the sacraments, and it's on the basis of that grace that, c- that he can acquire what's called supernatural merit. It's kind of like uh, the analogy that I would, ha- I would say is, you know, someone, uh, someone gives you as a gift, it's an unmerited gift, this big stock of money, and then you have the responsibility to kind of invest it wisely and make it grow. Um, and so as you make it grow, that's, that's merit in the Catholic understanding. But it's on the basis of what was originally a gift to you, something that you didn't merit. So here we are, we have this opportunity to merit things. It's very clear, Jesus, the young man says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, what, it, you know, what do you mean, do something? You can't do anything, it's a free gift, what are you talking? No, he says, well, Obey the commandments. He says that very clearly. So it presupposes this concept of, of supernatural merit. And then we have in, the, in the book of Syrac uh, something that ties in very well, I think, to this idea that, you know, we're given this stash of gold and we've got a certain time to work with it. And, uh, so that's really what Syrac is talking about. He says it's like it's, you've got the time. God has given you time to repent. Um, and uh, you got to really make use of that time and capitalize on it. Um, so to the penitent, God provides a way back. He encourages those who are losing hope. Um, return to him and give up sin. Uh, pray to the Lord and make your offenses few. Turn again to the Most High and away from your sin. Um, stand. Let's see here. Who in the netherworld can glorify the Most High? So he's saying, you know, there's going to come a time when we die and we can't merit anymore. So really, be wise and make the use of the time, make good use of the time that God has given you to uh, see if you can make that stash of gold grow. Now it's interesting though because someone might say, well, isn't don't people in after death in the afterlife they can still praise God? And uh, there's two things I think that that we can speak about to sort of make sense of what Syrac is saying. He says. Who in the nether world can glorify the most high in place of the living who offer their praise, so there is a certain there 's a certain thing that the, that the living can do that the dead can 't do, whether the dead are in purgatory or whether the dead are in the glory of heaven or whether they 're in hell. The dead cannot merit okay so that lump sum of gold that 's given to us after uh, you die you can 't make that grow at all and so for those who are in purgatory, they can't really merit anything on their own, and they're really in a place of kind of helplessness in a certain sense. That's why it's really important to pray for the dead, and it's it's very um, it's a great act of mercy. Uh, you know, one of the one of the corp, uh, spiritual works of mercy is to pray for the living and the dead. So um, you know, if you were in that position and you weren't able to merit anything for yourself, and you're kind of here you are in purgatory, you're going to really depend upon the prayers of others. Um uh, parishioner once said to me, an older parishioner once said to me very wisely, she said, She says, At my funeral, you better not canonize me, because that means people aren't going to pray for me. They think I'm gonna be a saint and they don't and I don't need their prayers. I'm gonna need their prayers, let me tell you that much. So you know, uh so I think that's a wise a wise thing, you know. So it's important to pray for for the uh for the dead. Also, too, we can note this is an old testament passage, and in the old testament, those who died uh um, they were in what was called the basically like this this what's called the limbo of the fathers but it's a place essentially they're not in the fullness of God they're not beholding God face to face uh, we needed Christ to come and to open up the gates of heaven so that the people the saints who had died in the Old Testament who died in God's friendship and had died with a great store of merit they could have been uh, they could enter into their inheritance um, and then enter into the fullness of God so that's another element to help us understand Syrac. But in any event, uh, here we are. I think the lesson, and it's a good one here for the upcoming season of Lent, is that we only got so much time to work with, so let's make the, the best of it through uh, repentance and through good works.